0: Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. I am your host, Jovani, and today we have a very special episode. I have Coach Wells with me in the studio with Multi Venture Minds. All right, she's a certified well integration nutrition <laughs> wellness coach. Hold on, I had to slow it down for him. I got you, Coach Wells, but she's also a certified Reiki practitioner, all right? So just because she's a wellness coach, her specialty is in mindset, is in mindset. And I love it because the three pillars of Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives is one, healthy mindset, two, intuitive, mindful eating, and three, movement, moving that body. So today, y'all, we have a special treat with Coach Wells in the building. But before we dive into this episode, you know what time it is. Vibe with me, y'all. Welcome to the Empowered Place, Empowered Lives Podcast.
1: Oh, oh, I know. Okay. Hold on, hold on.
0: You weren't ready. You weren't ready for the beat, Coach Wells. I how are you ready. feeling today?
1: I am feeling amazing, amazing, Ooh. and thank you. I have been looking forward to this podcast all week um, because you know this is my passion. Like this is my absolute absolute passion. So I am so excited that you
0: invited me
1: on your Man, podcast. It's thank you so much.
0: Pleasure to have you. I met Coach Wells when we took a five-day Take Your Mindset Pro Challenge. And at that point, we knew that we were already pros. We were qualified (laughs) to do what it is that we were doing. And it was just a beautiful experience for us to level up our mindset and our passion to just go out here and be ourselves and empower other people. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today on Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. You ready to get into it? Yes, let's do it. Let's go. First. Question I have yes. What has been the most challenging obstacle you have faced in your life that your mindset brought you through?
1: Ooh, the most challenging, the most I challenging
0: obstacle in my you
1: life faced. is, I would say, being a mother. That is like. That's huge, and it, it, and it is a challenge. So I have three children. I have two adult boys and one, you know, daughter, which is underaged. But my most difficult time was letting go of, you know, my, my boys when they got older. That was difficult for me to handle. And that was, I, I can say, the most difficult time I had. <laughs> in my adult life.
0: So as a mom, what did you have to do when it came to that time of letting your kids go? What, what was the mindset like? What, what what did you have to actually focus on? What was the thoughts, the beliefs, the feelings that you had to really address in order to say, hey, I got to address these things so I can healthily right. and peacefully let them go out into this world? Absolutely. You know what I had to do? I had to work on
1: myself. So it really wasn't about them. Right. You know, if I say I'm a great mom and, you know, I make, you know, I have a great husband and we're great parents, then I have like I did my job right to the best or we did our job to the best of my ability. Right. So I had to go within myself and find out what is that fear all about? You know, so I had to do that self work, that personal development that, you know, as well that we all have to do but yeah <laughs> i had to so that personal forward.
0: development you're thinking yes, personal ma'am. development so yes. what does what are some of those aspects of personal development that people should consider when they're saying you know what i hear i hear you coach wells i gotta focus on me i gotta work on me what are yeah. those personal development attributes or characteristics should people consider when they start working on themselves
1: First and foremost, I always say diet and nutrition is, is is up there, right? And exercise, I know it sounds cliche, but when you are exercising and your mind is getting the endorphins and all the good chemicals that it needs, you can think clearer. So um, I always say change diet first. Um, But the other thing is definitely exercising. Um, I I became very clear when I started to exercise every day. And I was on a run one day and I had like a... um, Well, like I know a lot of people who exercise and run, they really don't talk about this, but there is a time where you cry, right? There's a built up emotion, right? So I I got that thing because I was exercising so hard that day and, you know, the emotions were bubbling up and, but it gave me time to release, right? Just to release whatever that was on me. And I told myself that I would always make myself first. My children are not first. My husband's not first. Your job is not first. It's me. And because if I take care of me, then everybody else will get the overflow. And that's where I operate from now. I am first.
0: I think that's a beautiful thing that you said. And I'm so grateful you you started that, out, that off um, at the beginning of this episode. Because I think as moms or as parents, period. Because um, I also like to cater this a little bit or certain aspect of the show a little bit to girl dads as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that a little later. But I think parents, once they have kids, they automatically think that their children are first. And it's that natural instinct that they're dependent on me. So are now my priority. And people neglect that. They go so hard for their kids and they forget, I need to go hard for me as well. And I think being older now and realizing the importance of self-care and showing up for yourself, I've had to kind of, encourage and push that mindset for my mother, because my mother would always put everybody else first showing up for everybody else's business, showing up and making sure she's doing all of these different things for all of these other people in her family or her kids or her sons. And it's just like, well, what about you, mom? What about right. you? And I think she's just now getting to that point And it might be the, the mindset for me first. And, you know, yeah. like you said, healing you first and everybody mm-hmm. gets that overflow. I think mm-hmm. it's that overflow of me healing myself and me being on my wellness journey that's now embracing and empowering her to do the same thing put yourself first so now she went to panama now she's you know planning her first birthday you know trip she's always wanting to travel the world but she hasn't done it yet about to turn 57 it was because she was waiting on other people to do it with her instead right. of putting herself first and just making it happen and so i i love that you said that like parents Remember to put you first. Like It is beautiful to build a legacy for your children. It's beautiful to show up for your children and provide and give them the best life that you can. But it starts with you first and you have to be whole, you have to be healthy and you have to be on a healing journey so your children uh, will understand it's it's a personal thing. It's it's a priority to heal.
1: And they have to see you doing it, right? They have to see you doing it in order for them to do it
0: because if not then they're not going to know how to do it and then we'll have these grown adults that don't know how to connect with themselves because it hasn't been a priority. Do and and let's go into that. Have you have you felt like and I had this conversation on another podcast with another guest knowing what you know now about mindset and about wellness and being a reiki practitioner and knowing how much food plays a huge role and how you show up every day and in your mood as well as as movement. How would your your parenting have been different had you been already on this journey back then?
1: I'm sure. Well, I was, I guess, you know, how we evolve over time, right? Um, and we are where we are for a specific reason. I've always tried to be um, as healthy as I could, um, you know, at any particular time. That was very important to me with my children um, to demonstrate. As best as I could, and of course, over the years I have gotten better, right, and learned a ton more. Um, So I don't like to see it that way, as you know. What if? Because, you know, it's how you showed up. With how you showed up,
0: right? (laughs) Right. It wasn't bad, but I'm just saying, like, to think about those who are raising kids now at an age that are still under, like your boys are already gone, like what ways can you empower them and how to make those connections knowing what you know now?
1: Oh my gosh. So like right now, if you have the chance with little children or children under age, um, they will know no different, right? They, it's just, I mean, and I absolutely love this because they need to see it demonstrated. They have to see their parents doing the thing and making sure they are a priority and just teaching what, you know, um, and what vegetables have, what um, vitamins are, you know, making it a subject, um, helping um, cooking together, right? Making it, you know, a family thing. And that makes it more exciting for them to try new foods and things of that sort. But yes, it's so important for our kids to to, Know this and know that our parents um, value their own health and wellness. So yeah, um, getting straight and understanding mindset, and it occurs in the home because they're not going to teach this in school, and they're not going to learn this absolutely in the doctor's office um, or seeing the nurse. They don't. <laughs> they don't teach this. It's something that parents have to. You know, we have to do it for ourselves Agreed. and for our families.
0: And I think you you hit on something very very um, important in what you just said. It has to be valued. And mm. so many times we think about principles and we think about values that we instill in our children and health and wellness has to be a value. It has to be a priority. You, you talked about foods and preparing foods. I, I love seeing um, Black content creators making specific um, foods and videos with their children and saying what mm. fruit vegetables and different creative plant-based options they're giving their children that their children are loving because like you said children know no different. and it's, (laughs) it's for people to say well when as i was when i was a child i had all of these things or i ate all of these things and that's fine but as you grow up and you start to know more and you learn better things about what you're actually consuming mindset wise your mental diet your physical diet. And I don't really care to use the diet word. I just like to look at lifestyle. The more you continue to evolve your lifestyle, the more you want your children to be a part of the lifestyle that you're involving in, because you want them to live in abundance. You want them to minimize the precursors or the disparities that overlay your family and your life and your health. So we're trying to reverse these things. So then that way your child never has to experience this. So it's a generational health. It's movement a, more than it is a wealth because you got to have the health in order to experience the wealth. So absolutely. I love what you did on value yeah. on that. Yeah. But it was and something can, said about food. Oh, go ahead. And,
1: and speaking to the pain part, I was a kid who saw my father suffering or suffered through um, diabetes. So mm. I was a child that experienced that. And I believe that's why I am who I am today because i saw how sick he was right i saw the insulin bottles and the wounds that didn't heal and being a little caregiver um not having him like i thought i should have had um you know because he was always sick in and out of the hospital so because of that reason I believe that that was why I became, you know, just so interested in health and wellness. I can remember being young and looking up recipes for him saying, Hey, look, <laughs> this aloe juice. And this was, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And back in the day, I'm sorry.
0: Was he receptive he of the aloe juice?
1: He was. That's good. He, he was. And, um, It's just that I felt the pain. We lost him early. So I was in my early 20s when he passed away. But, you know, for a while I was angry because, you know, he didn't take good care of himself. This was preventable. And I had to chalk it up as he just didn't know, right? It's just something that he was not aware of. But I want to make sure that people know that... These diseases and things that we are suffering from, a lot of times we can overcome them with the proper diet, again, proper mindset, um, and just proper education, period, and just taking care of ourselves.
0: Yes, I agree wholeheartedly, and I, I and that's the whole reason why we even have this space of Empowered plates and Empowered Lives because we just want people to be empowered to take that control back from over Mm -hmm. whatever diagnosis that they've been diagnosed with, because there's still so much more power we have within our own choices to overcome and manage symptoms. And I just, I hope that our missions together are able to really help people even within this conversation. Um, because like you said, diabetes can be reversed and sometimes Mm -hmm. people get a diagnosis and they just leave that diagnosis as where it is and allows it to define them versus saying, oh, this is what it is. Now, what can I do to reverse this? What can I do to manage these symptoms? What can I change within myself, within my lifestyle to start living better? And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen within the next empowered plate. You decide to choose of more fruits and vegetables It's going to take time. Because remember, it took years to get you to where you are right now with this diagnosis. It's going to take time to reverse it. But you will start to see results. If not in the first month, the second month, you can start to re- reverse um chronic illness. You 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 can do this. So if you can hear us, you yes. can do
1: this. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I wanted to
0: talk to you about the, the food because you started talking about um vegetables and fruits when you're talking about with, with children. What foods do you believe are very important to that helps people with their their mindset? what types leafy. of <laughs> leafy
1: greens, my favorite. So that's why I, I love green. I love the color green. So is <laughs> leafy greens. Oh my gosh. Like that is to me, one of the most important vegetables that we can eat to overcome illness and to, you know, become healthy. Um, any way we can get them down, Um, I know in the beginning, I would just mix them up in a smoothie and throw in a banana just so I could get it down um, until I, you know, built a palate that was, you know, in the beginning. But that is one of the most important vegetables that we can put into our bodies.
0: And that's important too. You, you hit a key point because we're not expecting you to just love plants and vegetables if that's right. not what you've been normally consuming. You have to build up your palate and you yeah. have to find foods that are good to you and create those right combinations of ingredients to where it's enjoyable Right. And it's going to be nourishing to your body because okay. that I think sometimes people see, you know, juice recipes or smoothie recipes and they have all of these nutritional benefits and then they go to drink it and they be like, oh, this is nasty. I'm not doing this. And they reverse right back into what they do like and what they're comfortable for because they haven't created that palate for it. I, I'm, I'm a huge person on I'm not going to just drink celery juice. My celery juice is gonna have to have pineapple in it. I'm not drinking no nasty juice, and I'm okay with that because I understand. Because people have drunk drank nasty things before. You can't tell Mm -hmm. me henny tastes good. You can't tell me vodka tastes straight good. You can't tell me the Everclear just tastes so good. No. Like you already know you have to have an acquired taste for certain things. So find the right combinations and look at the fruits and vegetables that you're choosing for the nutritional benefits that you want. So the combination is not only tasty, but it's just as impactful. And I I think that's the whole point. But it's a journey. You're not going to find the best recipe guide that's going to have every single thing on it that you're going to absolutely love. It is still your journey. Like you still have to navigate this thing. So but leafy greens, I love that you said that. That was a great, um, a great way to let them know that they can get it in by just doing a smoothie. Just yeah. get your leafy vegetables in with um with banana. Um, what's another way you like cooked vegetables? Cooked greens. What's your favorite cooked green dish?
1: Well, I'll saute spinach because it's easy, right? So that's just really easy for me to get down um and to make sure I have, you know, that. The other thing, another way um, is like kale. So sometimes I won't cook it, but I will put like a vinaigrette on it and then let it sit for a little bit so it can like naturally tenderize it. So that's one of, you know, my secrets. And again, just learning this over the years, right? And saying, oh, I didn't like it this way, but let me try it this way. And just try just trying it out, you know, just trying different juices you know, when I do juice and just making sure I put like an apple, you know, for the sweetness um, or make it, you know, just something that's, you know, I'm excited to drink. But yeah, so that would be two ways that I will do greens. Um, I love cabbage. Oh my gosh, I love cabbage. Girl. <laughs> Sau-tained sometimes I cabbage. feel like
0: cabbage doesn't love me the way it likes to come out, but girl. I love some good cabbage too. I didn't, is it just me or are you experiencing Well, Well,
1: sometimes. Now I time. will make a salad, well, I call it an Asian salad. Okay. So if you shave your cabbage, like really thin, and then I put an Asian type of, um, I think it's like a ginger dressing. Okay. And then I'll put sunflower seeds in that girl and carrots. Girl,
0: you got. My Sometimes mom. I'll put pepper flakes in it to give it a little spice because I like spice. But so that cabbage just doesn't didn't mess you up as much as just regular cabbage.
1: No, no,
0: no. Okay, because no. I've had my my uncle. I think it was two years ago for Thanksgiving we did cabbage steaks um, okay. for Thanksgiving, okay. and that the cabbage steaks were really, really, really good. I okay. saw a recipe that I think I'm gonna try out soon that was like cabbage rolls. Okay. They look, those look real, girl. Did they I, steam? I it was. was it steamed or? It, it just looks so good. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I haven't tried it yet, but it. Yeah was good good yeah like good good so i will let you know how that goes but i saw a recipe for those cabbage rolls and it it looked amazing so but thank you for giving them some ideas on how to get in those green leafy vegetables to help them with their mindset that food that helps them with that mood so what is conscious eating what is conscious eating because i know you are in yeah Nutrition wellness coach. What is conscious eating? Conscious eating is being aware
1: of what you're eating, right? So we live in a very busy society, right? The way we live, it makes it very easy to go to a fast food restaurant and just pick up something so we can have it, right? Just, you know, out of convenience. But when you consciously eat, you're preparing, you know, and understand that food is fuel. So one thing that we can do is meal prep for the week. If we do have a very busy schedule, but plan it out. And also when you're eating to actually do nothing else, but eat. So not eating in front of the television, right? Eating your focus on your plate. You're enjoying it. You're chewing, right? Right that's the first area, you know, the first place of digestion, right? So when we're watching television, we're really not paying attention or we're looking at our phone, we're not really paying attention to what we're doing, right? So by consciously looking at our food and eating, taking our time, you know, we're going to start to feel full. We're going to start to feel good, right? And that's just an indicator that this is important we're telling our minds that this is this is an important time and not multitasking while we eat while we eat rather so that would consider is conscious eating being aware of what you eat and eat and, not and that's such
0: like a, so a societal thing i can tell for us because we're so used to getting food and sitting in front of the tv i remember i took this uh, mindful eating certification course, one-on-one basic level, because Mm -hmm. what I thought mindful eating was, was just like what you were saying with conscious eating, just being mindful Mm -hmm. of what you're actually eating and you're consuming. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize it was a real philosophy behind Mm -hmm. it. And then that's where I was learning the difference from mindless eating to mindful eating. Mm -hmm. And I saw them talk about, you know, with popcorn, we associate going to the movies, we got to go get us something to eat while we're watching the movie. Um, And as soon as I finished the course, I was like, okay, ma, let's, let's, let's eat. And she was like, okay, well, let's go eat and let's go, let's, let's get our food and go watch tab Fridays with tab and chance. I was like, well, no, let's be present with our food. And she, she was just like, yeah, okay. Got the food. And then she plugged the TV back on. I was just like, well, I guess you don't want to (laughs) be mindful and practice this activity. You really want to watch TV. And so she's just trained to be eating and watching TV so she can be entertained, taking that break. From right. the computer, from work and trying to ch- put her focus on something else that's either entertaining or you know thought provoking instead of just being present with that food enjoying it and just kind of talking about that food or just really chewing it and i saw something where it says chew your food for like 20 seconds yeah like, chew your food and mm-hmm. allow your body to really be a part and engage in that experience and i think mm-hmm. we're in such a rush culture and we're just so ready for something else to distract us, right? We don't want to pay attention to our plate. We don't want to pay attention to the foods we're eating. We're we're not programmed to yeah. do that. And I think yeah. we should really start slowing that down and being more intentional about eating food. And then if we're eating with our family or we're eating with friends, really having a conversation about being excited about what we're eating and not talking about other things, you know, right. and making that a sacred space. That's a really sacred space. I like
1: that. I really like the way you said that because there was a time when families did eat at the table. Now, I remember um, when I grew up, and this was in the early 80s, we ate at the table as a family. So everybody came to the table. And there was five of us, five kids, two parents, and we were all at the table and we ate. I'm not going to say it was perfect <laughs> as far as conversation but we had that time <laughs> we had that Absolutely. time to eat right and there was no distraction because there wasn't a television in our kitchen um but now I can see to where you know how I evolved you know as you know being a parent and being busy and um you know having all these luxuries in your home and you have the television there so i have had that and i can't say that i didn't do that today but it is something that we do have to work on you know because nobody's perfect we're not perfect but just getting ourselves out of that mindset if we want to be truly healthy right um because that is just making that connection um i am not a big proponent of television But I do, I will glance up at the TV when I'm eating. That's one way that I do. So yeah, I got to work on that one.
0: And when you said, you know, growing up, you had to sit at the table as a family. Mm -hmm. I remember that as well. I remember um, my cousins and I sitting at the table um, eating breakfast before having to go catch the bus for school. Um, I know sitting at the table when it's time to eat dinner. But what came to mind when you said that? wasn't necessarily not watching TV. It was, you can't leave the table until you finish all your food. And right. so for me, it made me think about when we overeat and not yeah. listening to your body cues, your hunger cues that say, when I'm full, I'm full and I don't want anything else. No, you couldn't get up if you didn't finish all your food. There wasn't this culture that said, oh, you're full. You can leave it there. Go, you know, go do whatever else you have to do. And when you're ready to eat again, come back to it. Your food will still be there. It it wasn't that type of, you know, thing. So now culturally, as we or how we've been conditioned as we get older is I got to eat my whole plate or I got to eat all of this. Or I know this is not going to taste good if I take the rest of this home and try to warm it up later. I need to eat all of it right now. And so now we've gotten into this space where we're okay with overeating which doesn't help with healthy weight management and it doesn't help with diabetes, obesity, you know, and other things that people are suffering with that comes with chronic illness, because we're not, again, listening to our body, paying attention yeah. to our hunger cues. And we're such, we're so focused on eating everything that we already put on our plate. Cause we don't want to put it back or we don't want to come back to it later. I'm, I'm not going to want to eat this later. I'm going right. to be done right. with it. And so right. I don't want to waste it. So let me just keep eating and keep eating. And I think sometimes we don't pay attention to that aspect of conscious yeah. eating or mindful eating as well. But that's just yeah, kind of yeah. what came to mind when, when you talked and about also, that.
1: Also, I, I like to add to that because, you know, I don't know about your parents, but my mother and father grew up very poor. So having a lack of food, um, you know, they had to, you know, <laughs> that was all they were going to get. You know, it was, it was very limited, right? You know, if they got meat, I mean, that was like a special occasion. So, you know, when we came along as children and we weren't poor, but to finish your plate, it was huge to make sure you ate all your food. So that's coming from like a lack mindset. Um, They want to make sure that, you know, you eat all your food and have more than enough and fix a lot of rice, right? To make you (laughs) full or potatoes and things like that. That could, you know, that are unhealthy, um, but not realizing that those may be unhealthy habits, you know, that we're giving to our children.
0: Agree, and I know growing up in the south from South Carolina, rice was with every meal, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it wasn't customary to have rice with every meal until I moved to Texas. And one of my friends from um college was like, Why do y'all eat rice with every single meal? and it was just like, I don't we all? You don't eat rice with everything? Like, <laughs> even mm-hmm. when it came to school, like at the country kitchen line, more than likely, we had like we had rice in the country mm-hmm. kitchen line, too. Like we always had rice. And I never thought about it as, as it being we want to make sure you're full. right? to make sure that whatever you're eating, you don't feel like you're lacking Anything else that where you're still hungry or you go someplace else and you asking for food. You know, we want you to be full so you're not asking for other things additionally down the road. road Or when we go someplace else, we want (laughs) you full. (laughs) Right. We want, and now that I know about white rice, I'm thinking, like, oh my goodness, like, had I known white rice had no nutritional value, it's causing all of these different, you know, health disparity issues. It's just like, can we get all the white rice out of here? It's just like, okay, white rice is not good. Throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's like, just... no, I have no idea. Did, you, did right. you when how how old were you when you found out white rice was just horrible? Girl,
1: in my 20s? In my okay. twenties, a lot than <laughs> Yeah. Did. yeah. yeah. Because, <clears throat> because all I knew growing up in the 80s, white bread, white, um, white rice. Everything was white and bleached during that time, right? That was mm-hmm. and I would consider, you know, thought that was normal, right? You get the Wonder Bread, it's soft and <laughs> make your peanut butter and jelly sandwich or your bologna sandwich. I mean, that was a staple, you know?
0: Fried you bologna it. sandwich if you're really trying to get fancy with it. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Look, and <laughs> You saw my, my cheese going? <laughs> I remember because that I mean that was a, a pretty good meal. Um tasty. Yeah. I didn't even eat the, day, the, the, the No, mustard. I wouldn't eat it, but back in the day that was really like it was good.
0: Fried some shrimp, <laughs> put it with the grits, all of that. And there is no nutritional value in all of that. Like none of it. No. But yeah, I don't I don't eat it as as well. So you talk about food, right? Mm-hmm. And you say food plays a very, very vital role in your life. Why do you believe that? Why is that something that really stuck out to you?
1: Because I saw um, the reason why it just really hit hard again, you know, with my dad and seeing like all of my siblings were having challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Having some sort of health challenge. And it was easy to make that connection to me, you know, that it was, you know, the food and and how we ate. So like, even today, I'm very mindful of what I do eat Um, because it's just important. Um, You can, I can tell like right now, like people who are in my age group. So if I was to go home and see my old friends, you can tell, like you can see a big, huge difference um, not only in the way someone may look, um, but the way they walk, um, you know, or allergies are or constantly having um, are congested or, you know, falling asleep at a drop of a dime. And I mean, you can you can actually see it. And it's like we're the same age and it's like, wow. You know, so that is why I make that you know, a a top priority for myself. Um, And I know now, you know, my children are older, you know, and my husband, you know, we can't control them, but we can control ourselves and what we eat and what we're like. "Mm -mm, No, I'm like, you guys go ahead and enjoy that. I'm good.
0: (laughs) Agree. And I think the more you change your, um, your lifestyle, the more yeah. you're okay and you have your why or why you change your lifestyle. Yeah. You're okay with not consuming things that you used to consume. And you're also okay with not judging people for where they are. Oh, you just want to encourage and empower them to try something else because you know, it tastes good. And when absolutely. things taste good and it's good for you, you want them to experience that in hopes that they say, you know what, this was good. And they eat more of what's good for them and taste good and kind of back away and slightly decrease the things that aren't as good for them. And what I really loved about that mindful um, eating certification was the fact that you give yourself grace. If you If you want something that you know might not be the best nutritional for you, enjoy it. Whether it be a bite, two bites, a small serving of it, enjoy it, be present with it.
1: Absolutely. And
0: don't give don't beat yourself up with it because it was something that, you know, wasn't as nutritional or valuable to your to your body. But it's the habit of consistently and continuously consuming the things that, you know, doesn't have the nutritional value that it needs and that, you know, is not helping you. It's only harming you. And I think what like you said, you can see people not doing well. But the crazy thing about it is you can't see on the inside what's not going on. So you might look good on the outside or you might feel like you're fine or you might feel like you're moving enough the way you wanna move, but you don't really know what's going on in your body if you're not getting your regular testing done or if you're not being intentional about how you're detoxing or treating your blood um, and all the different organs in your body through what you're eating or how you're moving every single day. And I think when I got diagnosed with stage four endometriosis and I had all of these cysts, on my ovaries and all on all of these different organs, I thought I was good. I thought I looked good. I thought I was healthy. And it wasn't until consistent overload of stress that my body really just started to respond and break down. And when Mm -hmm. I started randomly getting sick, it was like, what is going on? Mm Because I don't normally get sick. I was like, what is happening? And that's when my body started talking to me. And when I got that diagnosis, I felt like my body betrayed me but I was never really truly intentional about what I was doing to heal my body and to be present with my body and treat my body. Like I actually loved it, you know, yes. and people think like yes. self care, self love is taking you on a trip. No, it's <laughs> it's a little bit more deeper than that. It's really like, how are you really making choices that benefit you? The whole you holistically yes. you yes. Holistically. And, and when, when we get into that, I kind of wanna talk about what led you to getting this health and wellness certification in 2014.
1: It, I was, that was, it was just like healing myself most of all, but I wanted to end a legacy of, um, I guess disease for my family. Um, that was just really huge for me. Um, You know, I was working on myself, doing my exercises and all the good stuff that comes along with it, learning new recipes, experimenting with um, being a vegan. And um, that's just what I wanted to do. So I wanted to help more people. So that was the reason why I got my certification. And I'm glad I did because it did help me to really understand like the mind-body connection, because um, it's easy to, like you say, go on a diet, right? But what a diet really is, is what you eat on a daily basis and how you care for yourself and, you know, your body being like a temple, right? I mean, that saying is really true. You know, we have to treat our body like a temple. Um, Certain things I won't watch on TV because it's like, nope, I'm not doing it. Just because I know where my mind goes and I'm not even going to, um, subject it to that today, not today. Um, and there are other days I can, you know, I'm good, but knowing, you know, what, like I won't even allow myself to be around certain people just because I know they are not good for me. The same thing with food. Um, but yeah, I wanted to take it there. I wanted to go a little bit deeper in, um, my knowledge base to help more people, um, to find whatever their healing is you know what i'm saying so that was the reason
0: why and that's i did. beautiful. and i think what you hit on about legacy was like what really propelled me into getting serious and more intentional in this space um seeing family members you know struggle with heart disease diabetes thyroid issues um, it, it, it just didn't sit well with me. And it's, it's like, we're not changing. We're just continuing to subject ourselves to it and just seeing ourselves just kind of consistently go down the same path over and over. And it was just like, no, I don't, I, I want to take this disparity plague off of my family. I want to create a blueprint for those who are interested and aware and they want to make changes and they don't want to kind of follow in the same type of patterns or the lifestyle or the diets um, yeah. that yeah. others have been making, I want I want to reverse that for my family. I want yeah. a legacy of generational health. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with thinking about wealth, but it was like, no, nah, we need the health first. That's the only way we're going to be able to enjoy and be present for the wealth. Yes. And I just, I and love to
1: it. Be, um, that. to sustain it. You know, Agreed. you can't sustain it if you were like a workaholic and you eat crappy food. You won't all, be alone. I you mean, don't know how to
0: balance your life and you stay in a high level of stress, or you don't know how to overcome obstacles because you don't have the mindset, skills, or the coping skills to be able to overcome struggles. And and you know, it just I don't know. I just I feel you when you said that. It was like me too. And I just love mm. that there's more. Um, African-Americans that are really truly trying to create generational health legacies within their families that's going to in turn impact their communities, which is going to really start helping us reverse the chronic illness that continue to knock on our doorsteps. And I I just appreciate you for listening, um, being passionate about it and following through um, with intention and, and joining others that are mm-hmm. like-minded and and in this thing together, like keep pushing the needle the needle forward. So I, I didn't want to not give you right. your, your flowers mm-hmm. on that one, um, but also just say, yo, we're doing this thing. We're here, yes. uh, we're visible, we're vocal, yes. Yes. Um, we care. And it's not really the, the certifications that qualify us. No. It's our life experiences that qualify us to be able to do the things that we're doing because it's already working within us. We have that experience, and we're just here to make sure others can experience it. To experience it too, if they're ready, when they're ready. Yeah. We are here. That, that we absolutely. are here. And, that, and you hit something. Oh, go ahead. No,
1: that 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 is exactly right. So we are the scientists, right? So we are all scientists. So if you do something like if I, you know, experiment with what I'm eating and say, oh no, okay, well this affected me this way, and this, you know, helps, it gives me more energy. We are creating a diet for ourselves, right? So someone may ask, Hey, what are you doing? Or how, how do you eat? Like, well, I eat what's good for me and my body. Cause it's taken me years to figure this thing out. So I am not sure if this will work for you, but taking that time to figure it out. And it is a journey, right? It is. So I know now not a destination, truly a journey. When I see white rice, it's just like nah, because I don't want to suffer the consequences
0: that will come later, you know, which is that crash, you know. (laughs) And for me, it's more so like I've had white rice for how many 30 something years of my life. I I don't think I'm gonna miss it. I know exactly what it tastes like. I've experienced it enough. Let me let me try some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said something. Oh, you said something. I lost my my thought. It was I missed something. You I'm you sorry. Said. No, no, we vibing. We vibing. Oh, about it. It works for you, and you're figuring out what works for you. And that that's the key point for me when I talk about this healing journey. I'm saying what works for me, and the whole mm-hmm. purpose of having other people in this conversation and other people in this space is for you can hear what what is working for other people. Um, Just because it works for me doesn't mean it's working for others. What works for me to manage my polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis um, symptoms might not work for the next person that has endometriosis or PCOS. The, The goal is to say, hey, I'm here with you in this journey. Let's figure it out. Let's give each other ideas. Let's give each other encouragement. But know that there is healing in plants. There's healing in whole foods. We just have to find the right ones that work for us. We have to be intentional about it and we have to be mindful of what we're paying attention to, because if we're consistently paying attention to the standard American diet or what we were taught in school about nutrition. You're going to stay the same. You're going to continue to go down this path that they've created of illness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not preventative health or not. Um, health that's really going to heal you holistically. And I know holistic is like a trend right now, but yeah. wellness isn't. Wellness has always been well, not right. holistic. But the right. whole point is for you to figure out what is going to work for you. Mind, body, and so, what works for you? What gives you peace? What gives you balance? But you have to be intentional about seeking that. And if you're not, you're going to continue with the fast food. You're going to continue with the rice. You're going to continue with having more meat, more carbs than you are with the fruits and the vegetables. But I know before, I know you said vegan. Um, I know before you used to live a lifestyle that was more plant based. Mm-hmm. What led you to that lifestyle? And then what? allowed you to evolve from that lifestyle um, and move back into where you are currently with your lifestyle with food?
1: So with the vegan lifestyle, um, that was more so um, having brain fog. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that was a thing. And I have definitely gotten better over the years, but that was my main reason for wanting to become vegan, to see how I could... um, you know, respond. I do have, um, which I don't like to label myself, but ADHD. So with going on that journey, because I did not want to, you know, once you start taking one pill, then there's another one and the side effects. So I really wanted to make sure that I was giving my body everything it needed to heal itself and to try to manage that. So, um, I think I had a great year of, um, becoming vegan and it was really good because now like I can go to any vegan restaurant and have a good meal. I can, you know, I may go three days without having meat because it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm good. I know how to I know how to cook vegan, vegetarian. If someone came to my house and say, you know, says, I I don't eat this or, you know, I can cook any type of meal. Um, But as far as my own journey, um, I missed certain (laughs) foods and textures. (laughs) Understood. And then not really having a community where I was. It's different now because you have you know, a lot of um, YouTube videos and things of that sort and more community now, right? Um, Because I'm in the South, okay? Vegan restaurants don't come easy, right? And when I was a vegan, now things have changed, but there was, you know, when you're on vacation, it was so hard for me to try to figure out my meals. And um, that was the challenge back then for me. Um, keeping up with the lifestyle and traveling. Yeah.
0: And that's that's not the first time I've heard that. I've had Miss um, Michelle with My Vegan Kitchen Life, and she even mentioned, you know, back in the day when you're trying to live that plant-based life, you didn't have the creativity that we have mm-hmm. now with so mm-hmm. many um, Black content creators that are plant-based, whether they're juicing or they're mm-hmm. plant-based chefs. Um, the creativity wasn't there for us to be able to still get that taste, that texture, um, to transform fruits and vegetables to a place where we can enjoy them and not feel like we're missing out or we have to go back to what we're familiar with. So that 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 makes perfect sense. And you really have to be enthusiastic mm-hmm. about creating these things in the yeah. kitchen because yeah. when you don't feel like cooking, you're right. Like there are very minimal places that you can go to mm-hmm. get what you want to get conveniently wise. Like right. I, I can do Wendy's and get an apple pecan mm-hmm. salad, no chicken, no cheese. Yes, mm-hmm. that's good. I can do a, a salad bowl from Chipotle. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that that still limits me how many places yeah. I can get food f- conveniently or fast, even with sushi. I love sushi, but yeah. What, yeah. what do they put in the sushi? White yeah. rice. So it's just kind of <laughs> like a lot of the things that I was accustomed to having, I can't have. And what I can't have, I don't want to have anymore. Mm -hmm. And it really takes you being intentional about, like you said earlier, meal planning and prepping. So it takes the guesswork out of it. And it takes you not feeling like you have to fall off because you plan for success. You plan to make sure you had something to eat so you can't say, well, I don't got nothing to eat because you didn't prepare anything or you don't have extra funds to go buy it because most of the time the plant-based food is more expensive than getting the chicken and the rice and the macaroni. You know Mm
1: -hmm, what I'm saying? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, ma'am. And And
0: cornbread, you were talking about the white bread earlier, and (laughs) the cornbread.
1: (laughs) So it is all about being intentional with the, you know, the plan, right? In order to stay on it to, you know, to make sure that you do have something healthy to eat because we cannot depend on restaurants to have that food, you know, available for us because depending on where you are, there may not be a restaurant, you know, um, and you may not want, you know, <laughs> some days you want something really hearty. You want something, you know, really substantial and, you know, it's it's not there. So I know like now it is a little bit easier, but yeah, there's a lot of planning involved, especially when you're vegan. Um, it's It's really important to figure out, That's hey, great. what is my plan for the week? What am I going to have? What are my snacks going to be?
0: And I think in addition to that, it not being a lot of places for us, even though there's more black-owned restaurants mm-hmm. that are plant-based that are starting to open, they're still not, like you said, on every side of town. They're still mm-hmm. not accessible. They're they're not all on Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, in order to come straight to your door like all these mm-hmm. other places are. Um, and then in addition to that, you have a lot of plant-based restaurants that use a lot of soy, use a lot of gluten. Yes. And if you are someone yes. who Gluten, it can cause a lot of issues for a lot of different bodies for other conditions and chronic issues. If you really look at the role gluten plays, and gluten is delicious, you take <laughs> gluten up some bread or some pasta, and you gonna you gonna know you are missing that gluten. Like, right, right, it's just evident. Gluten yeah. is in it, but it's so so good. But it's even harder when you go with these plant based restaurants, and they have only one option for you that's gluten and soy free because they try to use all these other products to still create that texture that mm-hmm. one is looking to that they're familiar with so they can continue to, you know, get the business that they they would like. Because yeah. let's be honest, not everybody wants to eat a salad for every meal or a smoothie right. for every meal. Right. And that that's what they typically say. Well, what you eating all the time, just salad and <laughs> smoothies or salads and juice? Nah, no. no. fry me up some good mushrooms, you know, like I, I am all for it. And like like you said, there wasn't the creativity that we're seeing now. Like yes. Chef Mall Eats, I was excited about um, interviewing him and having him be our chef at the Empire Place, Empire Lives podcast at the podcast summit. His food mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. And so many people got to enjoy plant-based foods. Yes. Um, and I just love being able to promote. Um, Black plant-based chefs, because they are really, who knows our food and culture better than Black plant-based chefs who's taken the time to truly learn, cultivate, and create these dishes that they know we are going to love that are actually beneficial for us. Absolutely.
1: Yes. And I have been to some really good um, restaurants who serve Uh, delicious vegan food and the textures were amazing. Right. And it's just like with, with meat, meat doesn't have flavor, right? It it doesn't have flavor. You have to season it. So it's the same thing with our, you know, with our vegetables. Um, Like when you have a chef that understands textures and what seasonings and sauces, and you know how to cook it. It's just like, oh my god, like a a genius.
0: <laughs> Wholeheartedly, like you hit it right there. A chicken like, does not have taste. It's the seasonings, it's the herbs and the spices that we're yeah. using. So if you would just take that same passion that you and and believe me, I I I am not the genius. I had some mm-hmm. itaki mushrooms yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was seasoning about, and you. You don't have to use as much seasoning when you're no, using it no. on vegetables mm-hmm. as you do on meat.
1: Right. I mm-hmm. didn't
0: know when the mm-hmm. mushrooms came out with a whole bunch of flavor. I was like, "Whoa, ma, <laughs> be careful when you put that thing." She's like, "It was good when I put it on my salad, though." And I yeah. was like, "I'm happy," but yeah. like you said, it's the it's the seasoning. It's not mm-hmm. the fact that you you're craving flesh, animal flesh. It's the right. fact that you're just wanting to go after Lifer. that texture. Yeah. And that and that, that is true. all that it is. So sometimes people have that mental block. Come on, mindset coach, that mental block to think I can't give away. I can't let the meat go. I can't let the meat go. It's not letting the meat go. Mm -hmm. It's letting the idea that you need the the meat go and still taking that same love you have for food and transforming it more into your plants and your vegetables. So that way that food that you know is going to taste good is going to be good for you. Over mm-hmm. time, as you can Over see, you know, okay. that palate, because it's yeah. not gonna happen when the first time it's, you go up in no, there it's, it's not. It, some fried it, um, chicken mushroom or fried mushrooms yes. that are seasoned like chicken, and you'll be like, No, nah, mm-hmm. I don't taste that like no chicken that tastes like mushroom because it right. is a mushroom. I didn't right. want you to right. think that it wasn't, right? <laughs> it's right. Like mimicking the same prep or almost the same similar prep as you would frying chicken, instead, you're frying the mushroom, and I gotta get some of this eggplant um that is prepared like fried fish because that looks so good
1: on social
0: media that or those banana blossoms so I gotta get me a oh, plant-based to experience that because man when okay. I say that they look so good on the screen <laughs> I gotta <laughs> look that screen, up I'm just trying to tell you I gotta but- look that up We were talking about, and like I said, I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis, PCOS. And at my time of my surgery, they also removed two fibroids. Have Mm -hmm. you experienced any history with fibroids as well? Yes, yes.
1: yes. I didn't know that I had fibroids until I was pregnant. And so, because we really don't know, right? So until, you know, we had an ultrasound, an ultrasound, and then that's when I found out. And then I began, and when you go to the, well- I can only say my experience, they said that they will usually shrink up and don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. But being the person who I am, you know, I did my research, right? And I'm just like, you know what? (laughs) Like, and just listening to other women and um, about their issues with fibroids and, um, The culprit, which is the sugar and the dairy and you know, and that's what it's feeding off of. And just understanding that and knowing that, you know, no. Okay. So I have to shrink this thing. Like I have to do it on my own. Um, because they the they didn't offer anything. And that's one thing that, you know, I said to myself, you know, being young, I know, well, you know, when I was younger, it's like I want to be able to have cause I had a lot of friends who had hysterectomies. So that was a thing like really young, right? In their Mm -hmm. thirties having hysterectomies and they were you know, just that was the catch all, right? If you have fibroids and you know, you're bleeding, you know, they suggest a hysterectomy. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I already know where this is going to lead. So I have to do something, you know, for myself. Um, So yeah, just, and that's another reason why, I take care of my body, I, I you know, and I try my best to eat the right food um, because of that. Because like everybody that I know has had an issue with fibroids.
0: I know a lot of people that have issues with fibroids before I even knew that I had two fibroids or that mm-hmm. I was even suffering from PCOS or endometriosis. I heard more information about fibroids. And I think. I'm, I'm glad you said that one, there's two things that you said and i didn't want to want to cut mm-hmm. you off one was the research mm-hmm. and i had another episode um with one of my Sarahs, miss karen and the diagnosis that she was getting she went back and she did her research or and not only did she do her research she would find books and she would read more to get a better understanding of how this diagnosis came to pout, came about so then that way she could do her due diligence yeah of addressing it within her own power and not just trusting um, the healthcare system to treat her and mm-hmm. guide her journey to through healing. And I think that is a very, very, very important thing that we cannot just let slide under the rug. It's no. getting a diagnosis and just leaving it up to the doctor to manage and treat your health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think we have to really understand that we have so much more power in our healing than just allowing a healthcare professional to diagnose us and leave it all into their hands. When mm-hmm. you researched it and you found out that these fibroids were feeding off the sugar and dairy, then you mm-hmm. already know, I need to eliminate the sugar and the dairy. It's what That's you know, it's power. Mm-hmm. The, the power is not in what you know, it's it's applying what you know. It's It's taking that knowledge that you have and saying, okay, now I'm about to be intentional about being intentional. I am now going to take the dairy and the sugar out and see how my body feels, see how my body responds. And like I said, it's not taking it out for a day, taking it out for a week, taking it Mm -hmm. out for 30 days. It's being intentional to consistently take it out so your body can respond because your body has been feeding on this year after year after year after year. year. And so I, I, I love the fact that you say research. If you're diagnosed with something, research it, figure out the cause and see what naturally or holistically you can do to help heal your own body. I'm not saying don't take the medicine. You do what's best for you. Like you said, surgery. If surgery was what's best for some people and it really helped them out to where they could live, have a better quality of life when they choose to have that hysterectomy, we're not saying don't have the surgery. We're saying do what's best for you. But for some of us, we're not going that drastic if we don't have to, if all it has to do is change what I'm putting in my mouth. That that's just at the end of the day, that was the choices that we made when it came to the diagnosis. And I needed to have my surgery so I can know for sure this is what you're suspecting. Let's make sure it's really endo. And he didn't realize it was as bad as it was until he went in. So I was grateful to have the surgery. But like you said, I'm not going to be pressured into having a hysterectomy just because I know there's a hormonal imbalance and there's all these different things that's going on in my body. No, I'm going to just make sure that I'm being intentional on what I'm eating to minimize whatever causes those things to grow, increase and spread. So I I just really love that. You talked about your diet changes that you needed to make or Mm -hmm. how you need to be intentional about what you were consuming in regards to your lifestyle to address that. But also the research, because that 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 was beautiful. And I didn't want anyone to miss the gems that you really just dropped that could potentially be life saving for a lot of people. And sometimes we don't hear it enough. And people think that they just have to trust the healthcare system with whatever it is that they're saying and they're not doing it because doctors don't have enough time to educate you on every single thing. And sometimes they're not even trained in natural or holistic medicine to be able to tell you, Hey, here's a seven day raw plan. Here's a three day fast plan for you to kind of reset your body, to readdress your body. Like these are things that you have to kind of navigate for yourself, listen to yourself that are part of your journey, not anyone else's. Absolutely.
1: Yes. That is, that's 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 so true. true. It's, important for us to do our due diligence. And, um, you know, even after a diagnosis, because you are absolutely correct. um, For the average person, um, if a a recommended diet is given to a um, particular person or patient, um, they won't still make the change. Um, So it is up to us in order to find a community, find the research, and to make the subtle changes. Now, we're not saying all at once, but just learn and find a community that's there to support you um, on your journey, but it is possible. It's even easier today, I would say, with all the communities that we have out here that we can do this and support each other, right? And it's not, like we're just eating grass and, you know, dr- you know, <laughs> and nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I,
1: and I would get teased about that. And that's one of the things that we, you know, that I would get teased about. What you're going to eat for dinner? That, you know, but.
0: And I was OK yeah. with that. Like after yeah. a while, I was OK with people saying whatever they want to say, oh, well, you can't eat this or you can't mm-hmm. add it or what you going to eat. And it was OK with me because I had a why. And my why was greater than what other people thought of me, what other people wanted to say about my lifestyle choices or how I consumed or what I consumed. And those who really wanted to support it would show up and make sure that there was a space or an option for me to be included in that. And when you start getting into lifestyles, your environment, not just what you're consuming when it means air and food, but even when it comes to people. That's going to change and shift as well, because Mm -hmm. there are people that are on higher vibrations or other levels of this healing journey that will meet you where you are and understand where you're coming from versus the people who will just belittle the fact that you make you make different eating choices than they than they do. Right. Right. And and I, I want to give grace to those because we talked about sugar and we talked about dairy and we know food addiction is real. We know food addiction is real. We know emotional eating is real. We've done it. We'll yeah. raise, we'll raise both hands. Come on, Leash. We'll yeah, raise both hands. We nice. have yeah, yeah. been there with emotional eating and food addiction. I, I've had my addiction with paydays and wanting sugar when I'm stressed out. I love me some cheese. I can eat a handful of cheese by itself, fold up a slice of cheese back in the day, eat the cheese just as it is break your wrist off that olive garden with that. Keep on cranking it up on my Mm plate. Let's, let's talk about that. As a mindset coach, how do people address emotional eating and food addiction when they're trying to start taking these intentional steps to, um, addressing their, their lifestyle choices when it comes to food?
1: Yeah, that is huge. I can remember as a kid. And even now today, um, celebratory food, right? It was like pizza, right? You know, you do this and you get a pizza party. And that was my thing. Pizza. And I love pizza to this day. It's just that I choose to eat a different type of pizza, but pizza. And then there was cake, right? Birthday cake. That was huge whenever someone had a birthday and, you know, that thing. So that food will always seem like a celebration to me, right? So If, you know, you got something going on, you know, and you're stressed out and you're like, oh, if I had that slice of pizza or if I had that piece of cake, the world will be, you know, (laughs) everything. So much sweeter. (laughs) Yeah. So much sweeter if you have those things. But the first thing to overcome it is to become aware of it. I mean, that's the first thing. And I know that it's not easy. Um, You know, it's easier said than done, but really it it is just becoming aware when you are stressed. That's the mindset part um, about it, um, knowing when those triggers come up. And um, for me, I know when I'm working, um, you know, salty things, right? Salty things, you know, I'm, you know, if I have that for some reason, it just keeps me going, you know? Um, but it's, again, it's a conditioning of, you know, my mind just craving those particular things and it could be really, really bad, right? <laughs> you know, just like an addiction to, you know, drugs, it, it could be the same thing for food. And, um, you know, so if it is just like that for drugs, you do need professional help sometimes to help you with that. Um, and, but if you're able to, you know, Make that connection and saying, "Hey, I am stressed out. Let me try to do something else besides eating, right? Because we use food to, um, like, to oh, cold. if I do th- yeah, if I do this, then I'm going to um, treat myself to a, you know, X Y Z type of thing. You know, we have to treat ourselves in some way." And finding another way to treat ourselves is a good thing. Um, I know when I exercise and, um, or I overcome like a certain hurdle, I'll say, I'll buy myself a new outfit, you know, instead of saying, (laughs) so a new athleisure outfit, you know, like I will do that instead of, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to have that big slice of pizza or I'm going to have, you know, that big burger or whatever, just, you know, shifting it to something else to reward ourselves.
0: I love it. I love it. So, so what we had was one becoming aware, aware that you have, uh, (laughs) you're emotionally eating or, um, you have a certain type of addiction to a type of food. Mm -hmm. So one was being aware. And I love that. Um, because that, that awareness is key. That again. That's listening to your body. That's mm-hmm. that's connecting yourself, which was number two when you said you have to connect. Figure out: Am I really over? You know, overeating? Am I really yes. addicted to this food? Am I eating too much? Um, so connecting with yourself that's key. And then the third one you said was finding alternative ways to treating yourself. And that was brilliant. Like I've never heard anyone use that one before. It's finding alternative ways to treatment because we used to do that. Like even in school, kids are expecting candy or a snack or Mm -hmm. a treat. Back Mm -hmm. when I was in school and we had to read, I was excited about getting that Pizza Hut coupon to where I could say on Fridays when that's the typical day you want to eat out because you know it's the end of the week. No one really wants to cook on a Friday. It's my... I got my own dinner, pull up the pizza hut. I done read my Mm -hmm. chapters. I did enough reading. Let me go some pizza. It was never, oh, let me go buy another book or, oh, Mm -hmm. let me go get some new shoes or, oh, let's go on a trip. Like it it was never a finding alternative way to treating yourself. Treating was always in a way of eating. When we go tricking treating, they don't give out other things other than candy like it's it's food things again like you don't in the houses that don't and give something else it's like well what y'all doing why y'all doing something different what are you trying to instill but it's just that culture culture shift but i I love I, i love those those ways that people can address um food addictions and emotional eating but like you said if it is a real serious issue that's nothing that a, a health coach can help you with. That's a doctor, a professional. That, that is where the line is drawn in a field. You really have to go get the proper support you need with that eating disorder um, mm-hmm. to properly get diagnosed and get the treatment that you need. But know that there is still, like you said, a space, a community, groups where you can get the empowerment and the support that you need in order to support you on that journey. And you have to find the right one that works for you. Yes. Because it could be with multi-venture minds. It could be right. in, with Empower Plates, Empower Lives. Mm-hmm. It could be with Take Your Mindset Pro. It could be yes. with Be Your Goals Fitness. It can be with so many different places and with people, but you have to find what aligns with you and where you feel comfortable enough to grow. Um, but like I said, I just mentioned it, multi-venture mindset. Why mindset coaching? We done got into the food, but now why mindset coaching, Coach well.
1: Because it's a part, it's everything. Like everything is about mindset. Anytime you want to make a change, anytime you want to go um, in a different direction or a different level, um, we have to understand where we are at the current moment and where we want to go. And in order to do that, we have to find out what do you believe? Like, what do you know as truth? and let's unravel that, right? And that's just a part of the mindset, right? Not to say a person is right or wrong, but let's figure this thing out together. So, and just knowing, you know, what is a behavior and maybe something happened that has convinced you that, you know, you don't like broccoli and broccoli makes you you know, whatever messes up your stomach, right? Sometimes it's just maybe they did have an experience twice, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you know they can never have broccoli. It's like, hey, let's experiment with this thing, okay? Let's 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 try, let's 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 see. You know, um, how scientists sometimes it takes them ten years to be able to say that something is true, right? So just doing that with our particular bodies, but it's it, it's all about the mindset. It's that's really what it is. Um just dissecting.
0: I love when you said that. You said it's about your feelings, your beliefs. And I was like that too before I really got intentional about like my health, and I started doing like hit work uh activities and um like getting the groupons and getting like the high intensity trainings and you know, getting into all of these different boot camps and trying the different diet things and they were like, "Oh, you have to have two vegetables with every meal." I didn't like vegetables like that. I didn't yeah. like onions, yeah. I didn't like peppers. Now, I can caramelize me some onions. Yes. Um, you know, grill me some good onions, some peppers because it was a texture thing for me at first. So, and and as a child, it was I don't want that. Scrape mm-hmm. the onions off that mm-hmm. McDonald's mm-hmm. cheeseburger. I said, no mm-hmm. tomato. You got a tomato juice or seed still on my lettuce. And they say, just take it out. It messed up the whole thing. For yeah. me. Like I don't yeah. do tomatoes like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, it can change. It could just be one experience or two experiences. And I think people take an experience and they blow it up and make it this bigger thing than what it has to be. And they cast it over their life as if it's this big belief. But we know that beliefs, thoughts, and feelings can all change that your reality on thoughts, feelings, and beliefs can change. And that's all that mindset is, is your thoughts, beliefs, and your feelings. And when you take your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, and you apply them, and you see how they lead into a certain outcome, and if you don't like that outcome, you get to change your thoughts, feelings, and your beliefs after that, if if the, the outcome didn't align to what it is that you wanted. And like you said, everything starts with mindset. How you show up every single day is based on the mindset you have, the thoughts you have about yourself, the feelings you have about yourself, the belief you have about yourself. And that can always change like this. You can, you have the power to change the way you see yourself, to change the way you love yourself, to change the way you care for yourself. It doesn't take a lot of poking and private. It doesn't take you a seven day church revival for you to address your mindset. Like that, that, That just becomes you being intentional with who you are Mm -hmm. and who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And again, that's just one choice after the next choice about your thoughts, your feelings, and your beliefs. And so I think it's beautiful that you you decided to go this mindset route because that is legitimately the first step to really going down this path of either improving yourself or Mm -hmm. even improving your health and how you show up or just your simple well-being. So I, I just... I am grateful that you chose this specialty in wellness because mindset is key. And Mm -hmm. when you have a depressed state of mind, Mm -hmm. your thoughts, your feelings and belief need to be addressed. And you have to get those coping skills in order for you to overcome them. Obstacles were created to overcome. I'll say it again. Yeah, Obstacles were created for you to overcome. You just mm-hmm. have to find the right coping skills to get there. And it's not for you to find them out. You have people like Coach Alicia Wells. We got Coach Flecky. We got Coach Brent. There's yes. so many mindset coaches that are out there that it. we need more. We need right. more mindset coaches with mm-hmm. more visibility, with more results, to show people the importance of mindset. And which is why healthy mindset is like one of the pillars because if your mind isn't there, your body can't be there.
1: No, that's absolutely right. And we are in control of our lives. Like we are in control. And once we realize that we will be in a better place. Um, Our bodies like to be comfortable and to stick with the same routine but we can override that with the way that we think. And I'm not saying, you know, we're trying for perfection because we'll never be perfect, but there's something that we can change or um, to just to figure out that there's a different way to do things, right? It's not just a one one narrow way, and this is the only way. It's not. There's so many different ways to handle um, one objective or one hurdle or, you know, you can jump over it. You can go under it. You know, you you can do it with shoes on, shoes off. I mean, there's so many (laughs) different ways. And once we think of it that way, then that opens us up um, to the potential to get over, you know, the obstacle.
0: Agreed wholeheartedly. What? What would be some some ways that people can start adjusting um, and addressing their mindset? Just simple, everyday things that people could possibly start their day off in order to get Mm -hmm. that proper um, mindset in alignment in order for Mm -hmm. them to have a overcoming day, in the words of my lawn sister, Marcy. like You are an overcomer, so I want you to have an overcoming day or overcoming week. What are those things that you think people need to address before they really start their day to make sure it is one that they can overcome?
1: Yes. So one of the first things I say is have a routine, especially in the morning. Some people may like a a morning routine and someone may like an evening routine. So I'll leave it up to the person. But for me, just starting my, like the first hour or two being alone by myself, having a de- devotional or meditation prayer time is like the time, right? To have and to not to plan your day out, but to feed your body and your mind um, positivity early in the morning, right? Without, you know, doom and gloom of the news and, you know, <laughs> things like that, but just started out. Um, slow, without television, without reaching for your phone, um, but just you being you and trying to figure things out. and you know, making um, decisions like say, okay, if I do get upset today or if I feel stressed out, I'm gonna be totally aware aware of how I feel, right? Not trying because a lot of times we try to avoid it, right? You know <laughs> We try to <laughs> for avoid whatever it. reason.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess probably to hold on to that peace of a sense yeah. of peace. I don't want it to break my peace. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. try to avoid feeling mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: But just understanding how you are feeling. If you do come, you know, to, you know, and, and we all do we, do, we all experience it. And one of the things is to ultimately to lean into it instead of, um, you know, trying Falling to back avoid of. it. Right. Because we're going to learn from that experience, if we lean through it and be okay with being uncomfortable, you know, it's okay. Right. I always remind myself that I'm not in any danger or fear. I mean, well, I, you know, I am not in any danger, so I should not be fearing my emotions. They are part of me. Right. But sometimes our, our body gets it wrong. You know, my body may think that, you know, from prehistoric times or, you know, way, way when we were hunter and gatherers, you know, it's, it's, it's fearful, right? Before it was, you know, of tigers and bears and, you know, whatever else was going on back then. And now it's not so, so I remind myself that I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm going to ride this out. I do feel
0: uncomfortable
1: (laughs) and wait for it to pass because it will pass.
0: I love it. I love it. And and the goal, I think, is to not feel like you have to be comfortable because if you're comfortable, then you're not changing, you're not evolving, you're not growing. And I think there needs to be more emphasis on being uncomfortable so people can really get excited about embracing challenges because it allows them to be a better version of themselves as soon as they overcome that obstacle. So I, I love I love that you you said that because I think in today's society and like you said before we don't teach it in school about you know mental health and about mindset we try to emphasize affirmations um, and then I have to remind students when friendships don't go the way that they go and that's something that's really major for them in m- that middle school age is who are you though why yeah. why mat- what matters what other people say and if they don't want to be your friend anymore that's their loss. Do you know how amazing you are? Do you know everything that you bring to the table? Like, and when you really have to empower them with that, they have this fear of not being included. They have this fear of not being accepted. And it's like, that's a feeling, that's an emotion. And I get it wholeheartedly, but I want you to love you a whole lot more than you're fearing other people not wanting you to be around. And so it, it takes, it takes a lot to really, really build up a child when it comes to their mindset especially in this day and age because there's so much that they are looking for when it comes to validation and acceptance and in this this cyberspace that they have it is so much external motivation to be accepted that they're not connecting with themselves and they're not loving themselves mm-hmm. enough which is mm-hmm. kind of why I was asking you you know earlier knowing what you know now how how would how would you raise up a child how would you mm-hmm. really support them And you don't want children suffering from low self esteem. You don't want them to not feel loved and cared for. And you definitely don't want them fearing their feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You you don't want them fearing their feelings because, like you said, that is you. Your feelings are still you. And those Mm -hmm. feelings can change. Once you change how you see yourself and what you believe about yourself, those Mm -hmm. feelings can change because feelings are fickle, they're not factual. Mm -hmm. Right. They Absolutely. All. They come and go. They do. But speaking of that, when my feelings, um, and I was taking on a lot of the overwhelmingness of getting this diagnosis, being in a pandemic, being in the house by myself, trying to heal um after this surgery in March of 2020, and the world kind of just shut down, and you have to be with yourself. And we know a lot of people said anxiety was high, depression mm-hmm. was high. When Getting having surgery and knowing all of these different things are going in your, on in your body and that that's news to you. I had a friend Dre in London, and she started to help me with managing my stress by playing musical instruments, and mm-hmm. it was soothing for me. And it wasn't the good in person experience because she's all the way in London. I'm have to get in, I'm getting these sound waves mm-hmm. through the phone, right? You know. And this is when I'm first experiencing Reiki, right? Mm -hmm. And you're a certified Reiki practitioner. I had no idea about it, none Mm -hmm. none whatsoever. But now I know another one of my PCOS sisters. She goes to a place for sound healing and Reiki here in Dallas. I've never experienced it in person, but my line sister, um, Tammy, she's Mm -hmm. gotten into it a little bit more and she's talked about it. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about Reiki, Uh but I feel like it's definitely a space for more people to get into it and expose us to it because there's some real good healing that can come from Reiki. Can you can you break down Reiki for me just a little bit and then go into why you chose the route to, you know, become a Reiki practitioner? yes
1: because i believe in different healing modalities right we all have the power to heal ourselves um that's i mean that's it and when i mean heal that we are caring for our our bodies right it's easy for us to go to a doctor and to take a pill but what if you know, like you mentioned, there's all types of different modalities, right? Sound therapy, who would ever know? Sound therapy, music therapy, you know, just being touched or hugged. You know, when, when you see a friend and, you know, when we were shut in during the, um, you know, the pandemic, that is healing. Sometimes, you know, like we get our massage and someone's actually putting their hands on us it's not just a massage. That's a healing taking place. You're getting, you know, comfort and pleasure and it's making you feel good. Right. So Reiki is one of those things um, as a, as a kid, I've always felt energy. Right. So like it could be so thick in the air that I can actually feel like, like, a fog in the room from like energy or people. So that has always been my thing. And when I got into health and wellness, um, I thought this would also be, you know, good to, you know, research, right. You know, for people who, um, have ailments and they haven't gotten any relief from, you know, um, from treatments or, you know, anything like that. So that's why I got into, you know, Reiki. And Reiki is basically just, just being an intuitive or or um, of energy and being able to feel. And actually when you're doing Reiki, you don't even touch the person, right? So, and just being intuitive is another one of those things of getting a feeling. And letting whatever is in the person or in that body go through me and pass away, right? It just goes. Um, So it does get a lot deeper than that. Um, But that's just something that came natural to me. And just understanding the process and um, people getting relief and, you know, from performing Reiki, it's just like, wow, wow you know, it's, it, 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 it can it get wild It me. It,
0: yeah. Sorry, it, it, I know it was Reiki, so don't yeah. drag me to the comments. I messed that yeah. one all the way up, but I, like <laughs> I said, I'm new to it, but yeah. it's raking. But I, I, I didn't realize how powerful it was. And like, mm-hmm. like you said before, like it's, it's just the sound waves not even being touched and she's mm-hmm. all the way in London and I'm mm-hmm. in Jacksonville and mm-hmm. I'm just listening through the, through the phone, through mm-hmm. WhatsApp and, you know, she's just going in on these instruments. And I'm just like, this this just feels so good. And I think it just felt so good because I was able to be still. And I was able to just feel and just relief and just calm myself. And I think a lot of times we don't realize how much tension we just hold on to Mm -hmm. because we're so go, go, go. And we're thinking about all these things that we need to get done. But like you said, just getting the massage, like, Got my hair done yesterday. That yes, massage yes. at the washbowl about took me out. Like yes. I was just like, well, how many times can I come back just to get my mm-hmm. my, my scalp massage? Like that's a whole nother thing. But to just Absolutely. be still and mm-hmm. just relax and release and just like, it was legit healing. It was healing yeah. for my, my hair, my locks and all of that energy that you already carry in your hair. It was like, let me release this. Like it's mm-hmm. been going on and on and on. But mm-hmm. I just love that you felt this, this Reiki vibe since mm-hmm. you were a child and yeah. I, I love like you said that these there are so many different healing modalities and it's yes. not in a pill bottle that you can pick up for Walgreens or CVS and and that's what i'm loving that we're starting to see and hear more about because there's so many options for people to explore throughout their journey
1: mm-hmm. exactly
0: and it has to be with a trusted person too yes. because we exactly. also know that it it can be some people who say they do certain things and it, absolutely.
1: And, and that's a, uh, totally
0: different. go ahead. Talk about it.
1: That is huge. Um, Yeah, that, that is really big. Um With, you know, I guess if you, you know, want to call people healers or people like, you know, someone that does meditation or, Um, yet we do have to be careful with that. Um, I, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and I want to make sure that the person who's going to perform Reiki (laughs) on me is, um, like, have they did the work, you know, you know, do they meditate during the day? What, you know, what is their spiritual practice, you know? Do you know, are they a vegetarian? You know, are you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, and it may not be the right way to think, but (laughs) I don't want a a practitioner to have McDonald's before they perform Reiki on me. You know, like that's not.
0: (laughs) And some people might not know. I I didn't know that I need to know what you've been eating. What yeah. have you been consuming mindfully? Like, yeah. What's your, your mental diet? diet yeah. Like what's your physical diet? Yeah. Like what conversations were you having before you came into my appointment? What type of exactly. energy were you projecting yourself? Right. To? Like I I had no idea. So when you think about going to see a traditional doctor, we're looking at reviews. Or we're yeah. checking to see if anybody else have, you mm-hmm. know, gone to that doctor and we're mm-hmm. checking to see what the results are. Mm -hmm. not until you just told me what are some of the guidelines or some of the things on a checklist you should be Mm -hmm. considering when you go see someone that calls themselves a healer, you know? And I I think that that was beautiful and that was powerful. And I hope someone got that because now that we are going up and we're looking at certified Reiki practitioner practitioners. Yeah. 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 I want to consider who that person really is. Not just the fact that they are certified and they have a practice.
1: Yes. So just having those standards for yourself, again, your body is your temple. So you have to be careful. You know, yeah, you do want to do research, <laughs> you know, on that person. Um, but, yeah, that's how I am with people who I come into contact with. Um, no one is perfect. I know that um, we all know, um, you know, I am not a perfect individual. Um, I am looking for humans who strive the best of their ability to, you um, you know, to have some sort of, um, I guess fundamentals that they practice in their daily lives. Okay. (laughs) You know, we're all going to fall short, but you know, I don't want a, 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 a practitioner or someone who's living in chaos. That's just me. Right.
0: Agreed. And that's powerful. That's powerful because that energy, that chaos is coming right into that space that you're Mm -hmm. trying to find that healing and that, that, that makes perfect sense. Coach. That makes perfect sense. All right. So we're going to get into the last few questions. Um, So one, are there any books, any books that you would recommend for those who are just now starting on their healing journey, or they've already been intentional on their healing journey, but Mm -hmm. like to, um, to read and to get more knowledge on, you know, different things that yeah. they could experience.
1: Yeah, I do have, look, I probably got a bunch of them behind me, but one that I really love is a book by Bell Hooks. Let me see if I can get this on the camera. Look, um, Sisters of the Yam. Now she re- she doesn't go into diet per se, but healing trauma is what this mm-hmm. book is about. And um, bell hooks is known for um, her, you know, feminist, um, um, I guess you would call it um, theories, Um, but it is a really, really good read for a person working on personal development and understanding um, why we may crave sugar or um, different types of attention because of you know trauma that we have suffered. So it could be you know a a real tragic trauma or it could be something really small um but you know we never know what causes those things, but that is one book that I really really love to read and to get into that you know just that mindset of it goes much deeper um, with you know how we're treating ourselves and how others, how we let others treat us.
0: Okay, that's beautiful. I would definitely check that out and I also have that book linked in the description on yeah, the yeah. um of this episode. Um if you click on the my links and products, you'll see a whole list um, of links and different items um, that you can consider uh, purchasing but or ordering and I did put that Sisters of the Yam book on there. I have heard that that was a really good book. So thank you for that. Recommendation, and I love that. Especially when we talked about sugar, and you talked about trauma, and why we we kind of move and navigate through life the way we do. Um, yeah. A lot of times, we always want to put it on external forces and situations mm-hmm. and people and experiences versus really taking that time to self reflect and figure out what in that situation has me thinking the way I'm thinking or moving the way I'm moving and yes. how I'm going yeah. about treating other people. So I, I and then when you said attention, attention seeking. That, that is a beautiful thing to consider as well when it comes to your own mindset and your own inflection of what is really happening. So thank you for that. Um, this is a little question that I like to ask um, on every episode and it's for girl dads. I've had uh, two line sisters that passed away from cancer and they both had a girl or girls um, that they uh, have left behind as a legacy. And so we have these girl dads out here Um, What tips or suggestions do you have for girl dads when it comes to navigating menstrual health and talking regularly about menstrual health and supporting a healthy menstrual um, cycle for their girls as they mature through life? Um, I have saw the endometriosis documentary and there was a father that was there with his child the whole time, seeing her in chronic pain, being there throughout surgery, trying to help her as a health advocate. Don't know exactly where her mother was, but I, I think traditionally we're prone to seeing the mom have these conversations and navigate these things. I really want to um, give some space for the Girl Dads to help them because they deserve to be a part of this conversation because it's their legacies within that womb of that child that is potentially going to come into play. So talk to the Girl Dads for them, give them a little Alicia Wells insight for please. Because I have a
1: 12 year old daughter and um, the best thing that we can do as parents um, is to have conversations many conversations. It's not just one conversation. So about, you know, our bodies and how they should be functioning. And again, having, because it all comes down to the proper diet, you know, especially with these um, issues that we're having with our, uh, with our wounds and, you know, young women having debilitating um, cramps and things like that um, like I know a lot of women, grown women and children that are going through that. And it's never suggested for them to change their diet and to eliminate the sugar. And that is just like, oh, uh, you know, um, so just having the conversation and talking about it and getting involved with community. Again, I will stress that community it, that's where we heal ourselves, right? Um, Healing comes from talking and learning with other groups, Um, but that is the most important thing is to make it an ongoing conversation and learning, okay? And we all have something that we don't know, but you can always ask someone, right? Um, You know, in the community, have you ever experienced this or what can I, you know, what can I do about this? Yeah, and just constantly educating our girls on that.
0: And I, I I agree with you with the sugar. Um, I have, all I teach is girls. I'm at an mm-hmm. all girls middle school. And when I ask about those painful periods, I had too many hands go up than I wanted to. And when they're sick and nauseous mm-hmm. and their period is on, I talk about dairy and I talk mm-hmm. about sugar that they potentially have consumed the day before. And that's that's typically always what they're eating. And I try to tell them, okay, before your period comes on and while your period is on, try your best to eliminate the dairy, try your best to eliminate the sugar. And I know I'm talking to kids, but if I'm planting the seeds with the kids, sometimes in some certain households, kids have a say. I I don't think we had a lot of say back in the day, like you said, when there's a (laughs) lack. of choosing yeah. what you can't eat because you don't pay no bills around here. Right. But if you're advocating for your health, you know what I mean? And you're really yeah. saying this is making me sick, especially mm-hmm. on my cycle. Um, then that's what we need to kind of kind of encourage um, people who are having these struggles on their periods to eat more fruits and vegetables and limit the dairy and limit the sugar so they have a little bit better of a menstrual yes. um, experience. Mm-hmm. What about the products? What products do you suggest for these dads to make sure that they're giving um, their their child the best products when they go to the store to purchase these things before their read, children are able to purchase?
1: Read the label. So definitely do your research um, because all products are not made the same. So um, I cannot go into products because I... Um, My daughter has not gotten to that level yet. And that brings it to me to make sure I do some research um, and find out which ones would be better for her. Um, I know back in the day, there was not a lot of information For us, we just used what you know was there, but now we know that a lot of those things have unhealthy plastics and things of that sort, you know, in our you know pads or tampons, chemicals, chemicals. right? Absolutely. So just making sure that we read the labels, Um, and there are some great companies out there that I know of, um, that that I've just seen in Target recently um, that had. you know more healthier um what you call it um or i've been clean. going the
0: organic route yes I've, um been using like honey pot um yes. but i also didn't do like the the honey pot the 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 herbal ones the yeah. herbal ones yeah i don't do those are too seasoned for me they had everything with yeah. marinating yeah. and stuff down like there so i do not do the, the herbal ones i just do the the non-herbal ones, but I do the organic ones. But like, I, I think that's beautiful. Read the labels, read the products yes. that's in there and see how that aligns to the health of your child, because yes. that too could be causing problems or could potentially cause problems with long-term use. And that's how I feel as well. Like back in the day, we didn't, they weren't conscious about it. It was always, it was this, yes. it was that was mm-hmm. the cheapest and then it
1: had the perfume but, smell you know yeah that yeah yeah fragrances
0: yeah. and yeah. stuff and yeah. that fragrance that need to be there just make yeah. sure you're properly cleaning yourself not expecting a pad to make you smell better because mm-hmm. sometimes that that's not good either so I appreciate that yeah um last I question wanted to add oh,
1: something ahead. just in case um I have heard of this um uh, probably about two years ago but Etsy now sells um pads made out of fabric. So if you're, you know, don't want to, you know, um, you know, want to eliminate some of your your trash and waste, you can actually use these particular pads that they have actually made out of cloth and wash them and reuse them, which I think is awesome. A lot of people may of not choose to do that, but yes, I had a friend of mine who tried and she sweared by it. Um, because she was also into, um, you know, saving, well, actually reducing her, um, her footprint. Um, So she's
0: willing to be on the podcast. We love to learn a little bit more how we can be environmental friendly. Yeah. That that plays a part in well-being as well.
1: But yes, she's she's swore by it. And I had never heard of it. And you all, and now they also have, um, the underwear right i don't know you know yeah, i, I haven't it. tried them myself um, yeah but that that is also something that's out there so right now there's um different products out there that we can try to see if it works for us which is you know pretty good than what we had back in the day
0: agree agree come on innovation <laughs> yes come on awareness yes yes and yes. that's a beautiful thing um so last question If you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would it be and what would you all eat? If you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would that historical figure be and what would you all eat?
1: Hmm. Any historical figure. I would say... Um, (laughs) that is such a good question. I love it. I am going to say Einstein because I am a nerd, right? So what what would we eat? We would eat like the most beautiful salad. So like a salad full of like, say purple cabbage and green lettuce and peas, like all the things, right? Um, like huge just overflowing that's what I'm thinking of if I could have if I could talk to anyone historically that's what I would do have a huge salad and vibe and we just talk and say Albert well, what about Einstein. this what about that
0: <laughs> so you are picking Albert Einstein's brain over the most macular oh. overflowing bowl of a salad with mm-hmm. all of your favorite salad ingredients. What's all your dressing? What What's y'all
1: dressing? Oh, since I'm with Einstein, we would keep it simple and we would do, we would make our own vinaigrette, right? <laughs> so we would make our own vinaigrette. We would probably do um uh let's see, lemon juice and a little, okay, that's my acidic. Then I would do olive oil. Um, just make it really simple, maybe you know, some herbs because you got to show out for Einstein, so that's what I would do, you know. I, I,
0: love, it. I love it, yes, yeah.
1: ma'am. So yeah. now
0: we're at the part of the show where you just promote yourself, tell everybody what you got going on, where they can find you, how they can tap in. With the multi-venture minds. Talk to them. Let them know all about you, Coach Wells.
1: So I am very Mm -hmm. easy to find. Um, my website is AliciaWells.com and I did that on purpose, right? Because you don't want to have everybody looking for you this multi-venture minds, Mm -hmm. and you know, that gets confusing. So that's the name of my business, however. AliciaWells.com. You can find me on Instagram as Coach Alicia Wells, and on most social media, that's you know what I go by, Coach Alicia Wells. Um, I am a mindset coach. However, um, I mostly um, talk with entrepreneurs, so that is my thing. To where I help them, you know, with their mindsets and to create you know, a shift, right? Whatever that shift may be for them. Um, but it's mostly business, but I always, always touch on health and wellness because that is that is that that is huge. And any level that you want to go through because you have to be able to sustain it once you get it. Um, but yeah, that's really what I do. And it's my absolute passion. And the thing that I, I absolutely love to do is to sit across from a client, whether it be on the computer and just ask questions, right? Just just to be able to ask questions and to get them to where they want to be and to get them to really, you know, just say, yeah, why? Why do I do that? That's my thing. That's what I love. That's what I... It's just what I do. And the thing is, I've done it my whole life. I just didn't know I was doing it. So <laughs> I didn't know that's what I was doing, you know, until I got my certification. But yeah, that's where you can find me is aliciawells.com. I will start up my webinar soon, which will be every Monday. I believe I will be doing them early afternoon, maybe five to six. Um, but if you will- Eastern Easter Standard Time. Yes. Okay. Easter Standard Time. So, so yes. know when you're
0: launching the webinars, if they're either following you on your so social media, can, or yes, social they
1: media can site. yes they follow me on social media or they can email me at MVM, which is multi-venture minds, mvm at aliciawells.com. If they email me there, if they have any questions, that, that's fine. Please, I check my emails every day. Um, but I can also add them to my email list so I can make sure they know what what I'm doing or what I have going on. If there's a challenge, um, yeah, I will definitely be able to get you there. My blog will be coming out soon. It will be out this week. So we will be touching on a lot of different things with entrepreneurs and, you know, promoting health as well, because that's the thing we get so busy that we're not taking care of our bodies. So Yes, ma'am. So that's how you can find me, AliciaWells.com.
0: Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having this delicious dialogue with you here on Empower Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. Before we go, give them some last words of empowerment or inspiration for anyone that has made it to the end of this episode and they are excited or they just need that 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 motivation, that push to get Absolutely. them off the ledge to take um, their wellness with full intention.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that just got me hyped right there. Um, And just know, (laughs) you know, being a nerd for this thing, like I absolutely love it, but just knowing that there are no coincidences, right? There's no coincidence that you're on this podcast and just know that, listen and just start somewhere. Like we it like just start the journey. OK, be in contact, find a group, find someone that, you know, doesn't mind helping you and offering you information and want to see you to be successful on your journey. Whatever that looks like for you. OK, without judgment. That's the thing without judgment. And I'm a big proponent for that because in somewhere in our lives, we all need help right? We all need help. So it's okay. It's okay. Let's just start. Let's just start today, right? Just making a better choice. Even if it's in the evening for you, you can finish your evening off with a nice cup of water, you know, right? So the little things do matter, right? Just becoming aware matters. And that is a start. So don't think, you know, that You can't change. You can, and you're never too old and you're never too young. So we do not speak that language. (laughs) Well, I'm too old. It, It does not matter. You can start at any time.
0: Agreed. That was beautiful. And I appreciate that. And just because you start and the next day doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, that doesn't mean you quit and you go back to doing what you were doing. You just keep going and you just keep making it another conscious decision to be intentional the next time you get that next opportunity. So give yourself grace on this journey. But like she said, just start it. Just start it and just keep going. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, just keep showing up for you each and every day. That's right. every day. But thank you all. Please make sure you like, comment and subscribe if you're on YouTube and you watched our beautiful faces throughout this podcast. But if you are listening on an audio distribution platform, please give us a five star um, review and give us some comments. Let us know how you're liking it. Give us some ideas on what you want to hear more about. If you want Coach Wells to run it back and give us a little bit more on something, she'll probably be more than happy to come back because we are here for not only ourselves, but for other people who are looking to be empowered on their healing journey. We love y'all. Be well. Be out.